0: Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. You're welcome. Hey, in the back, uh, there is an awesome photo booth set up for you guys, for you ladies. Uh, Make sure you take pictures with Mama um, and share those with everybody that you'd like to share them with, but uh, that is there for you. I also want to make you aware that um, at the end of service today, we're going to walk through communion or what's called the Lord's Supper. And so if you did not get one of those cups uh, as we like to call them the covid friendly communion um, if you did not get one of those uh, make sure you get one you can go ahead and move now while i'm talking that's fine um, because we'll want you to have it as soon as we're ready to go and there's two i'm just going to go through all this real quick with you there's two flaps so there's a real thin clear flap up front um, on top and then there's another uh, foil that you can peel back there so We'll go through that again here in just a little bit, but I want to make sure you're aware of that. Here at West Main, here's what we say, is that you don't have to be a member at West Main to take communion with us. You don't have to be Baptist to take communion with us. Uh, You don't even have to be from Artesia to take communion with us. Uh, We just ask that uh, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you follow him, you serve him, you love him, you've committed your life to him, uh, then this time is for you. Does it make sense? And so we welcome you to be a part of that with us and we'll walk you through all that here in just a little bit. Uh, My name is Keith, I'm one of the pastors here at West Main and I'm really excited to talk this morning about a couple different things, Um, but we're in this series that's kind of breaking down who we are, what lies underneath who West Main is and today we're talking about Christians don't do life alone. Uh, Back in the 1950s, well before I was born, There was a a research done uh, and they took some rats and and they took these rats and they dropped them in a a bowl of water, which is where every rat should be, right, (laughs) dropped them in a, a bowl or a jar of water to see how long they would last. About 15 minutes is the average before they would just give up and just go to the bottom and drown, okay. So, at about 14.58 seconds, that rat would kind of give up. And uh, what they found was when they grabbed that rat, a researcher would grab the rat, pull it out, dry it off, let it rest for just a little bit, and then they'd take it and they'd dunk it back in there. <laughs> yeah. Now, how long do you think they lasted? Two to three days. Crazy, right? You can go look it up. Dr. Richter did this research. They found that when they knew that there was hope, they had life to live. They found that when there was something to, they knew somebody was going to take them out. They knew that at the last moment that they could give everything that they had, and at the last moment there was hope somebody was going to help. They lasted more than 60-some, 80-plus hours That's insane to me, right? This is the reason that we say here at West Main, circles are better than rows. Because you're in a row here, and you can come learn, and you can come sit and listen, but really, where you begin to dig into life, when you really begin to have hurts and problems and issues in life, this helps, but it's not, it's not the end, right? Like this is helpful, but we find that when we get in a circle group, when we find we have others that we're living life with, then we can begin to pray for each other, encourage each other, love on each other. We find hope, and those with hope fight more. They give everything that they've got, and they realize when people are around them, the life isn't as bad as maybe we thought. Maybe our struggle isn't as bad. Maybe it is bad, but it's not as bad as we thought it would come. We find the same thing in Scripture from the very beginning of Scripture. Uh, God says in Genesis 2.18, So the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So God made Adam and said, Adam, you're an idiot. You need a helpmate, right? And then he made woe man, whoa, man. He made woman. He said, man, this is good. He's got animals. He's got all kinds of things, but he needs community. From the very beginning, God says, you need community. You need people around you. We also find the same thing in scripture That God, from the very beginning of all time, is community. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And when he creates, he speaks, right? That's the power of God. He just has to speak it and it comes to life. So he speaks creation and he says, let let us make them in our image. Let us. He's already in community. And we find that we need community. Therefore, God is community. Makes sense, right? God is community. From the very beginning, we see this. Let me put it like this in a SAT form for you. Any smart theological kind of people out there? Good. Good. Here's the SAT version: community is to your spiritual walk. As water is to a slipping slide. You can go down a slipping slide without without water. It's gonna burn. <laughs> it's gonna hurt, right? It it's gonna be tough. Hey, we could just take the spirituality out of this. Your life without community is hard. Your life with community your slip and slide with water is a whole lot smoother, right? Does it make it easy? No, but it's a whole lot smoother, right? God is community. We see that in everything that we, ha- we have. And we see that Jesus did the same thing in, uh, in his life as he walked this earth. He walked with 12 disciples, right? And then within those 12 disciples, he pulled three even deeper. And he said, Hey, we're going to walk in community together. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to pray for each other. He says, hey, by the way, I'm about to die. Y'all should pray for me. He goes off and what did they do? <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> that gives me confidence. That <laughs> Those closest to Jesus fell asleep when they were praying. I'm right there with you. Um, here's, here's where we can learn in that. Scripture tells us in James Five sixteen, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Uh, We here at uh, West Main on our staff, we call that person Mike Spencer. Mike Spencer begins to pray. Things happen. And so uh, several years ago, we said, you know, we've got a little bump in the nursery. We don't know what's going on. Like, there's kind of been more and more kids. And Mike goes, oh, I've been praying for more kids in the nursery. <laughs> we know why now. <laughs> uh, so we, we, we find when we get together in a community, when we get together in circle groups is what we call them here, praying for each other, encouraging each other, loving on each other gives hope. We realize, again, that maybe our struggle isn't as bad as we thought when we were all alone. When you first get that news or you first get that decision and you realize this is going to be a long haul and you just sit with it, it looks unbearable, doesn't it? And then when you get around and you begin to share that with your friends and your family, you begin to pray through it, you realize, hey, I've got support, I've got love, and we're going to take this one step at a time then we realize maybe it's not as bad as we thought. Maybe there's some hope here. Here's kind of the the verse that, that is circle groups. Like this is about circle groups. Proverbs 27, 17. So it says, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Or as so one man sharpens another is how I've memorized it. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So a friend sharpens another. When you begin to get in a circle group, and we've done several different circle group styles. Um, we've, we've made it kind of an affinity group, and we've made them some different uh, studies. If you wanted to learn this study, you could go to this group at this time, and they all kind of switch, and you meet different people. But what we found is when you connect with a group of people, when you do a study together, You eat together, you communicate together, you begin to dig in a little bit deeper together. You begin to do this thing called life together. And you begin to grow a little bit deeper. And it becomes not just a Wednesday night Bible study or a Sunday afternoon talk about what what the pastor said. But it becomes life. And you begin to dig in a little bit closer, a little bit deeper. And you begin to share on Tuesday night, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. With your group or you begin to share on Thursday afternoon hey this is what happened in my life would you guys pray for us or hey here's the joys in my life this is what's happening we begin to live life together you begin to see each other in different events sports uh, gatherings birthdays parties we begin to live life together making sense we begin to go to each other and find that love and that hope in different times because here's what we know, that isolation is a killer. Everybody needs a group. We call it in children's, a tribe. We call it within West Maine, a circle. Everybody needs it because isolation is the killer. It is hard to do life all on your own. It is difficult to do life all on your own. Even if you're an introvert, any introverts in the house? Don't raise your hand. Don't, we don't want you to look, don't look at me. Any extroverts? Everybody's like, hey. (laughs) Extrovert or introvert, both need group. Does that make sense to you? Because isolation is killer. Isolation is where we just get in our own head. And so let's talk through the uh, three types. Uh, The band's going to make their way up here in just a second. The three keys of community. One more. There we are. Three keys to community. And we should probably call this three keys to circle group, because just before this we said God is community, so we're not saying the three keys to God. We're saying three keys to the circle group or to our, our gathering together. Here's number one, recline. What is recline? When you hear that word, what do you do? (sighs) Lounge, right? Kick my feet up. Hey, this is is a huge part of community of taking the stress off, right? Sitting together and just relaxing. Having a moment in time of your day where you can just breathe because nobody sits in a recliner and does this. Oh, what do I got to do tomorrow? Heck no, kick those shoes off, kick your feet up, you relax, you recline. You're comfortable, aren't you? You're relaxed and that's part of circling together, that we get a chance to take the stress of the world off and the craziness go off and we get to just say, "Ah." all right, for this next few moments, we're just going to recline. And we're going to read some scripture in just a minute. Jesus did the same thing with his disciples. Scripture says he reclined with the disciples. Interesting, right? Number two. Two keys, three keys. Number two is food. Now, can you do, uh, can you do circle groups without food? Yes. But there's something tribal, Right? Something tribal about food. Something that gathering together and being able to eat together and recline together, they kind of go hand in hand, don't they? (laughs) There's there's a very communal time together when we have food together. And we can do this alone. We can do, uh, not alone, but without food. But food just makes everything better, doesn't it? I mean, it just sets some things at ease and we feel more comfortable when we begin to eat and and recline with each other. Here's number three, truth. If you're going to have a circle group, you've got to have truth in there because community or a circle group without truth is just a party. The whole point is to have correction, is to have love, is to have that, that pointed direction of, yeah, we are taken care of, we're supported, but there's also got to be some truth that we know that there's, there's scripture involved for the correction, that there's scripture involved for the celebration, that we're going through the right path and not just having a party, right? Because we can have community, we can gather with all our people and have some cake and some beers and we'll call it circle group, right? Now let's call it a party, I said, beer in church. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Everybody went, oh, okay. <laughs> here's what we know about this. When we are in community, here's the next slide. When we're in community, we are not alone. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? When you're in community, you are not alone. Why do you need community? So that you're not alone so that you can fight the battles you need to fight. So you have somebody right next to you to live life together with. We have several different options here at West Main, and we think it's a huge part of who we are. We think it's something that we really focus on is that you need a circle. Everybody needs a circle group. And we've got different groups, and Jason's going to talk about that in just a little bit, and how you can plug in, how you can dig in. But here's what we know. If Jesus, sorry, if God started that way, And then we see that when he made man, he said, hey, man shouldn't be alone, he needs community. We find that community is hugely important in our lives. And we've seen it work within West Maniacs. We've seen it work. We know that community is a huge thing. And we know that God sent his only son to die on the cross for each of us. So that we can have community in him so that we can have eternity with him. By giving up our life for him, by turning it over to him, he's offered forgiveness for us. Let me read a little bit of scripture here for you. In the last few days of Jesus' life, out of Matthew 26, says, Now on the first day of the unleavened bread, The disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? Jesus said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at the table. I told you there's some scripture there, right? Jesus reclined in the evening with his disciples, and as they were eating, he said, "Truly I tell you, I say to you, one of you will betray me." And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him, to each other, "Is it I, Lord?" He answered, "He who has dipped his hand." In the dish with me will betray me. The son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answers, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said it. In the very next breath, watch this. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread. And blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat this. This is my body. If you want to peel your cup, that top part. said take and eat this is my body and he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you you hear that drink of it all of you Judas is in the midst here. One reason we say here at West Main that this is a judgment-free zone is that we believe that we embrace the black sheep here. We believe that Jesus continued to dine and recline with Judas, the one that would betray him. How awesome is that? He says, drink of it, all of you. For this is my body, this is my blood, and the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. We pray with me? God, we're thankful that you gave up your son for us. That we could have community with you. That we can have connection. That we can have growth. That we can have time. God, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for teaching us what community is. Help us to dig in deeper to circles. Help us to dig in deeper to have that hope around us, that encouragement, that love. God, we love you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.